You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, Ravens lose and uh, end their season at home in the AFC Championship game as the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Ravens 17-10. to And it was interesting. To say the least, uh, there's a lot of things that could be said about what we witnessed on Sunday. But before we get into that, I wanted to know, you went into the locker room um, as the players started cleaning out. What was the vibe like in there on Monday? Um, sad, to be honest. Um, guys are down there. I, th- I, th- I, You know, after the game, I asked Lamar what, the guys in the locker room was feeling and he he said that, you know, they were angry and, and mad. And and I think they have transitioned. Sure, they, they probably still have a little bit of those feelings, but Monday felt more like, you know, sorry and kind of um a little depressing to be honest. Just the mood felt a little depressing. And um, you know, Kyle Hamilton talked about how they didn't, you know, they, they thought they'd be getting ready to prepare for the Super Bowl. You know, they thought that mm-hmm. there would still be going on. So for them to now, you know, hit that abrupt end because the NFL season ends abruptly for you, you know, you, especially this time of year in the postseason, like, okay, you, you lost in the AFC championship game next day, boom, you're there throwing all your stuff in trash bags. I mean, it, right. it comes to a screeching halt. So, um, I think I think it's still the reality of the situation is still hitting guys. 
Um, but I do think that their mood has kind of shifted from upset and angry to kind of just, you know, sorry, you know, just, you know, uh, I don't want to say that they're depressed. I, you know, I don't think that they're depressed, but I, the mood just feels down. They, they, they just really feel down because they're disappointed at this point that, you know, their season ended earlier than they thought it would. Yeah. And, um, I don't think that that's how anybody saw this going. So I'm going to be honest with you, Cordell. I'm going to be very um, frank about what I saw uh, in this game. And it's not going to be pretty. Um, And there's – I'm just going to lay it out on the line. I'm going to start with the offense. Um, Throwing for 37 attempts and having 16 total rushes, and I think six of those was your quarterback, is unacceptable. It's not who you are. You pretended to be somebody else out there. You waited all year to do what it is that you've done, which is be the number one rush offense to decide that on this day, I'm going to challenge the number four pass defense in the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs, opposed to the number 28th rush defense without William Gray at linebacker, who was dealing with a neck injury. So for me, if anybody is upset in that locker room, they got to look in the mirror. It starts with them. It starts with whoever was calling the plays, whether it be Todd Munkin, whether Lamar Jackson was uh, going out of run plays and calling out of run plays, whether it's John Harbaugh for allowing that because allegedly at halftime he said we need to run the ball more and they did nothing of the sort. But whoever that Ravens team on offense was yesterday is not the team that got them there. So for whatever reason, them thinking that that day was the day to do something different was foolish, stupid, ridiculous. I could go all day when I named names on adjectives on what what I saw yesterday. Disappointing is an understatement. I cannot understand logically why anybody would do what the Baltimore Ravens did on offense yesterday. And it's highly disappointing. This is the only thing I can come up with, Cordell is that coaches and players alike feed into the exact narratives that media pushes out there, which is Lamar Jackson can't throw and he can't win playoff games, you know, without without his legs, right? And the only thing I can come up with is that somebody tried to change that narrative about Lamar. I don't know who it was, but somebody came up with this idea that they were going to make him the, the hero of the day, similar to Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl when he uh, passed the ball as opposed to giving it to Marshawn Lynch, and it turned out to be a disaster. So now we're continuing to have these conversations on the narrative as opposed to saying Lamar changed the narrative by doing what needed to be done that got them there to advance to a Super Bowl. I think that that's – I think I'm done with my rant there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot to unpack. Um I'm going to start at the top and uh, we're going offense. I'll start with the offensive coordinator. When I say the top, I'll start with Todd Monken. Um, I thought Todd Monken kind of, like you mentioned, got away from what got the Ravens here. Obviously they needed to run the ball more than they did. I mean, 16 carries on the day and your quarterback has half of them to himself. That that's, you know, that that's not going to get it done. Now, in a way, I feel like they should have leaned more towards Lamar. 
Lamar's legs. I think Lamar only had two designed quarterback runs in the game called for him. This is a guy that is your leading rusher. He had 100 rushing yards in the game just a week ago against the Texans, and yet they refused to go to their best weapon, which is Lamar's legs. As great as a passer as Lamar has shown himself to be this year, his best weapon is his legs. And that brings me to Lamar Jackson. I think you mentioned it. Some of these guys are falling into the narratives a little bit, and I don't know if that's what Lamar's doing. I know for a fact Lamar doesn't just sit and watch what all the talking heads are saying. He's not listening intentionally to what people are saying, but he hears it. He acknowledged that after the Texans game. He sees it. He's on social media all the time. So whether or not he's looking for it, it doesn't matter. He sees it. And he'll never say it. And I don't have anything to, you know, to to back this up factually. I can only go off of my feelings and what I see. But that game is one of those moments where, to me, it seems like Lamar is at times almost ashamed of the type of quarterback that he is. It's it's like he's ashamed to be a mobile quarterback. And and, and people have, and when I get into the debates at times with just not even on there, just around my friends, people I know when it comes to Lamar Jackson, because those debates are endless. Everybody always tries to make it seem like it's a negative that Lamar Jackson is mobile. I, I just don't understand the logic and people making it seem like a quarterback who can not only beat you with his arms, but is is also able to beat you with his legs, is somehow a negative and is used against him when you yep. start comparing him to other quarterbacks in the league. And whether Lamar wants to admit it or not, his play gives off that he's buying into it yeah, and he absolutely. wants to prove people wrong. Lamar is holding the ball longer than any quarterback in the NFL. And it it, it is mind-blowing. I'm not saying that there are guys streaking open because, to be honest with you, I was really disappointed with the wide receivers. And I'll get to them in a second. But outside of Zay Flowers, there weren't many people consistently winning. And the Chiefs played a lot of man coverage in that that's game. That's what they do, though. But that's what, that's what the tape showed you all year, Bert Cordell, that they, they play man coverage. And that, to me, is why I think they got cute. Because they mm-hmm. thought that their, their receivers were going to play better than their defensive backs. And right. that's what happened. And and you would, you know, and I think a lot of, I think, of you know, people acknowledge the Chiefs' defense this year and how good they were. But I don't think people really, really buy into how good that defense was. And you got to see how good they are, especially at the corner position. Legereus Sneed and and my guy. uh, McDuffie? uh, McDuff, Trent McDuffie. Studs. Studs. Both of them. One or both of them are all pro. One of them are all pro. And I want to say there there we go. Yeah, I want to say it it, it could be either of them. But I, I feel like it might be McDuffie. I could be wrong on that. But they both played a great game in that game. And they're glued to the receivers. Outside of Zay, which is why Zay had the game that he had, Zay's the only one that was really consistently winning in man coverage. Um, Lamar's holding the ball forever. He's looking for big plays down the field. But you've got to see, look, your your O-line, and the O-line will get picked apart. Ronnie Stanley will get thrown under the bus for that fumble, the strip fumble. But I, and initially, I thought, you know, 
that was more on Stanley than it was Lamar. But after going back and rewatching it, you can't hold the ball that long and sit back there and pat the ball like that and think nobody's going to get to you. You got to make a decision. And so for me, that's what it comes down to. I, I, I think once Lamar gets over this whole narrative driven thing about the way his style of play is, I think that that'll be when this Ravens team will really be able to take their game to the next level. Um, I, I just think, Right now, he's he's going against the grain and his opportunities for him to use his superpower and, and he's leaving the game with bullets still in the holster. Um, yep. the, I, before you get into uh-huh. something else, I just want to agree with you on the fact that, you know, <clears throat> Josh Allen out here running the ball right. going crazy. Right. Brock Purdy yesterday, five yep. rushes for 48 yards. I didn't even know Brock Purdy had could, could run like that. But he did what he needed to do mm-hmm. to win the football game. And until Lamar realizes that a part of the package of who he is is his legs, then this is what's going to continue to happen. I And, and back to you, Frank. Yeah, and, and a part of that is also the play call and give, them, give more designed runs. Call more of those. I don't know if Lamar's checking out of the run plays or what happened. I know you mentioned that. I don't know what was going on with that, um, but you got to call more than two designed run plays. I agree. All year I've been saying every quarterback design run for him is still in money. And yet you go into the biggest game of the year against this dude and you you just don't even call it. I just, it's mind blowing to be Mm -hmm. honest. Um, But to the receivers, the receivers, it's not it. It's not it. People, we can say in one breath that this receiving core is the best group that Lamar has had in his career. It's a fact. It is. It's much improved. While that may be the case, they are still at best average. Average compared to the rest of the league. Average. Even if you want to compare them to the division, it's average. So you got to see that in that game. Zay's the only one that can consistently get separation. I don't know what's up with him and Bateman. I think they like each other personally. Personally, I think they do like each other. But (laughs) Football-wise, they need a divorce yesterday. They, yep. They're not on the same page. If there's he doesn't any, look this way at all, Cordell. He does not look. telling them to go upfield, and Bateman doesn't even go upfield in the scramble drill and comes back. I mean, what? And then they're and then both of them, body language-wise, are, are doing things at each other. Lamar's like, I'm telling you to go up, and Bateman's just like, what you want? You, you know, it's. It, it's yeah. bad. It's bad. I wouldn't be surprised if Bateman is yet again probably asked for a trade and, and is out of here this offseason. They're not going to pick up his fifth-year option. I mean, at this point, what are we doing? What, what, yeah. what are we doing when it comes to that receiving core? Um, yeah. But go ahead. I know you have something to say. No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm just with you. Like, I literally watched um, Rashad Bateman be single-covered all day mm-hmm. with no help on that mm-hmm. side. And Lamar – the one time that he decided to throw Bateman's way, he was double covered. I just don't understand the logic. Uh, and, and, and a lot of that has to do, like you said, with both of them not being on the same page with each other. And I don't know how you've gotten to an AFC championship with that, with dealing with that at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so I agree. I don't think, you know, they're not going to exercise this fifth year option. And once they do that, once they make that, public i gotta assume the next thing is is that he's going to ask for a trade understandably so 
You know what I'm saying? Because he doesn't feel like he's being utilized here. He's not. Right. And the, and Lamar is probably like, yeah, we're not on the same page, which they're probably not. So right. I just don't see how this works out moving forward. That that's that's pretty much where I am. I mean, it's hit is it's hit a dead end. We've been waiting around for the Bateman and Lamar connection to, to work out, and and it just hasn't. It's time to accept that and move on. One last thing on the wide receivers, I got to mention the Zay plays the the taunting penalty. I didn't have a problem with that penalty. I, I know people had it, their issues, but look, you can't, they flag defensive. That, that, that penalty is really for defensive guys who make the tackle and stand over the guy and, and you know, ce- and celebrate over them. And in this case, it was Zay. Not only did Zay stand over him and flex over him, he pushed him down as he's trying to get up. And, and, and then like, I don't think he threw the ball at him, but it, it, it's the combination of everything right there. The official is standing right there. Right there. It's a great moment. I feel his energy. It was a big play. Puts him in the red zone. Can't happen. And we'll get to the defensive side, I know, later on. But there were quite a few boneheaded penalties in this game after the play that hasn't been the case for this team all year. And to the Zay fumble, that one is more unfortunate. I mean, it's tough. People want to point the finger. This is one of those plays where I think, if you're not in that situation, it's tough. Everybody yes. can see don't reach the ball out and stuff like no, that. No, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have yeah, a problem with them like trying to score. Protect the ball. Don't yeah, drop I just it. want them to protect it. That's it. Yeah. Just yeah. hold it yeah. just There's a little bit longer, dog. Right. That's There's it. nothing wrong with saying that. You got to protect the ball. When you are when you make the decision to put the ball away from your body and reach out like that, you have to also take it into account that you have to really have firm hands on the football. And look, sometimes people just make great plays. Legarius Sneed made a great play who just happened to be the guy that Zay Flowers was standing over, flexing over, and he comes back and gets the last laugh. That's how it works. But Zay was the only receiver they had to do anything in that game. So it's tough for me to crucify him for, you know, for his shortcomings, which I will call out, but I'm not going to put this game on one Zay Flowers for what you know for, for the turnover, it was back breaking. I could make the argument that if he scores there, I think they go on to win in overtime. I think the game finds its way in overtime somehow, and I think the Ravens win. It's a back breaking play. And when you think about it, this is now back to back postseasons where the Ravens have had a fumble at the goal line pretty much almost sealed the deal for them, it feels like at least emotionally. Um, but yeah, I mean, offensive line, I thought they did as good as you could ask them to do. Out there offensively, though, they weren't true to their identity. You go one dimensional this time of year against that team, and you're you have three turnovers and they have none. It's it's tough to beat those dudes. And and ultimately, the Ravens made plays in the first quarter, keeping up with the Chiefs. But I think as the game went on, obviously the Chiefs made more plays. Watch the Bills have 160 plus yards on the ground the week before and decided that they wanted to throw. Good luck with that. Uh, Let's talk about defense here on Winning Drive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the defense started off a little slow. And you know why, Cordell? Because they also decided to do something that they weren't doing essentially all year. And then once they decided to go back to what their bread and butter was, oh, look, it worked. But before, uh, essentially, 14 points were put on the board as a result. So defense started off playing like a cover two, which they don't typically run cover two and basically say we're going to keep everything in front of us and make him just kind of find a dink and dunk his way down the field. And Patrick Mahomes said, oh, okay, that's what you want me to do? And what did he do, Cordell? Dinked and dunked down the field. At one point, he had 10 for 10. He had no incompletions at one point as he moved down the field melodically, more than one drive. And finally, Mike McDonald said, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I, I forgot who we were. And eventually made some adjustments, which is why people love Mike McDonald so much. And in the second half, nothing essentially happened. Now, you could say there's a couple of things. You could sit here and say that maybe the, the Chiefs weren't pressing because they felt like that the Ravens on offense were self-imploding, so they didn't really have to do a whole lot of pressing. But either way, the adjustments absolutely were made on defense, and they started putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And essentially, you get what you get. But there were, as you mentioned in the last segment, some uncharacteristic things that the Ravens were doing. It was getting testy out there. There was some personal foul um, penalties being called. Now, the one that was called, you know, for Kelsey was lame because Kelsey actually pushed the dude first and he retaliated. But we always know that the person who retaliates is the one that gets the flag. The um, roughing the passer when he got the hands to Mahomes' face, that's a legit flag. I know y'all don't like it, but they're going to call that every time, uh-huh. especially for a guy like Patrick. Pretty much clotheslined him. I mean, that one was a that was almost a no brainer. Yeah, exactly. But but ultimately, I guess the point is is that this is a team that normally is they have their composure, mm-hmm. and then on Sunday they seem to have lost it, which is a part of of a recipe for disaster. It started pregame. It started pregame. Travis Kelsey came in with a game plan to get under their skin. And, and it worked. It started pregame with kicking Justin Tucker stuff out of the way. It bleeds into the game. And you mentioned that Cal Van Noy uh, penalty. I mean, Van Noy wasn't even involved. It was between Roquan and, and Travis Kelsey. And Van yep. Noy comes in, who's the veteran. This is a guy who has two Super Bowls. You know, he comes in and he pushes Kelsey. And, of course, is what is what they're waiting for, and you can even see Kelsey on the replay clapping, smiling, laughing. Like I got you, I got you. And the sick part about it is, he not only executed his game plan to get under their skin emotionally, but he gave them the business really the entire first half and really all game. <laughs> I mean, he, he had his honestly probably his best game of the year. And Kyle Hamilton, God bless him on that touchdown. I don't know if you could play better coverage. That's just. Yeah. That, that's just a probably arguably the greatest quarterback we've seen 
throwing a beautiful ball to arguably the greatest tight end to ever play the game. I mean, it's just that type of connection. And that's what I say, like, that type of game is going to come down to who's going to make the plays. And look, consistently, the Chiefs just are the ones that consistently made the plays, even though they got shut out in the second half and the defense deserves a ton of credit for that because they kept them in the game. They, they, you know, they, every time it seemed like the offense lost the momentum, the defense would go out there and kind of get it right back for them. But it's something to be said about not beating yourself. And that's yep. what the Chiefs offense did. They were perfectly fine with taking a sack. They're perfectly fine with punting the ball, you know, but they're not going to go out there and set the Ravens up with great field position. They're not going to go out there and get many penalties. They had the two back-to-back holding calls, one of them, which took a touchdown off the board. Yep. But they they didn't do a lot to really beat themselves. And that's tough. That, that It's tough to beat a Patrick Mahomes-led team when they're not opening any doors for you. You know, uh, but look, I, I do give the defense a ton of credit. I think early in the game, it's kind of just what it was. You're, you're going up against a guy in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and those guys who, again, this is their sixth straight AFC championship game. There is something to be said about experience and comfortability and playing. Absolutely. In this um, and it showed. Um, so I think it was going to take some adjustment. I think it took Steve Spagnuolo uh, uh, some time to adjust. I mean, the Ravens, albeit they weren't consistently scoring, but they were moving the ball at various points. And I think for the for Mike McDonald and those guys, like you said, they did end up making the necessary adjustments. They just couldn't get – they needed a turnover. After a while, once you saw the offense really wasn't didn't have it, it's like, all right, now you're to the point to where you need the defense to get a takeaway. And it just didn't happen for them. Um, but I thought they played as good as you could ask them to um, down the stretch. You know, you you they give up the Marquise Valdez-Scantlin catch to pretty much seal the game. I mean, that's pretty backbreaking. But again, Mahomes is just he's under pressure. He makes a fantastic throw over the middle of the field. It's it's just you get beat. And, and I do want to get out of I think it's so easy for people to just say, you know, somebody choked. First, somebody's got to lose this game. I mean, if we're yeah. going to take the easy angle and just say they choked, then why even have them go play? Just say whoever's going to lose this game, we're just going to right now say that they're choke artists. Like that, sometimes it's not as simple as that. It's it's, it's sports, it's football. You're going to get outplayed sometimes. The best team doesn't always win. We see that throughout every major sport. Football is no different. Football probably emphasizes that even more. It's mm-hmm. about that day. It's a week-to-week league. Do you have it on that day? You could be the best team in the league all year. Are you the best team that day? And the Chiefs have found a way to kind of minimize these big situations. They, you know, they they really are where they feet where their feet are. And I think the Ravens have done a good job of that all year, but they'll never admit it. But I think this week was different. You know, you got more media, you got more cameras, you got more attention. It's, it's it's so much pressure on the line. And, you know, when this is your first time in this type of situation compared to that team who's their sixth year in a row in this situation, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, it does. It does have an impact. And so, I look, I, I think the better team won on that day. On that day, I don't think the Chiefs are the better t- are better than the Ravens this year, but they were better than them. That day and defensively, it sucks because I do think that they played good enough to win. Um, but this is why it's the ultimate team game. 
I definitely agree that that they did play, you know, good enough to win overall. They just needed some help for the offense. They they really didn't allow Pacheco to do much. They yes, Travis Kelsey did what he had to do. I mean, right. he eleven targets and he caught all of them oh, yeah. for 116 yards. But Pacheco was 24 rushes, 68 yards, and and. and uh, what I respect about Kansas City is that they came in there with the game plan that they always come in with this year, and they didn't change up for anybody. Now, yes, I understand that they were up. I do get it. But my point is is that you you were like, okay, they're good in pass defense, the Ravens, because they're right um, under the Chiefs, uh, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go ahead and just keep throwing at them i'm going to mix it up and i'm going to run the football and they did just that they ran the football if you include patrick mahomes they ran 32 times they rushed the ball so i'm just trying to uh, you know i i do think that kansas city's game plan in the beginning had a lot to do with the formations in terms of what the defense was doing which was uncharacteristic of them at first and then when they started going back to what it is that they were good at then it helped a little bit better. The problem is that the other side of the ball choose to continue to be who they were. So um, you do got to give credit for where credit is due. They did make the adjustments. Unfortunately, the adjustments wasn't good enough to get over the hump. I want to talk about the controversies that we've been hearing all week here on Winning Drive. So, of course, you know Cordell. After the game, there's been a lot of conversation about referee conspiracies because that was something that was prefaced before the game, um, talking about Sean Smith's crew, which, by the way, this is an all-cast crew. This is not his specific crew that he referees with the entire season. In the playoffs, it's an all-cast, all-star cast group that they put together. And so um, – there were situations where, you know, the Zay Flowers taunting people were unhappy with. There's a potential pass interference that was uncalled uh, for the Ravens that people were upset about. And so now people are trying to, I guess, in, uh, insinuate that this ref conspiracy that they've heard about all week long played a role into what we saw on Sunday. I think it's egregiously ridiculous. I do think that the referees are bad, just generally speaking. I I am a person that has talked about the refs on this podcast and in social media numerous times this season. They have not been good, regardless of what Roger Goodell says about his refs, because that's what his job is, his employees, they're not good, okay? That being said, what we saw on Sunday is not because the refs took any type of game away from the Baltimore Ravens. If anybody was responsible for the loss in yesterday's game, it is, in fact, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think I, it's a lot of things that I don't like about this time of year. Everybody tries to simplify everything, and it's so surface level. And I don't even like this whole notion of, it's all on the quarterback, you know, and you, they give them all the praise when they win or you give them all the crap when they lose. I don't like that. I think that's low-hanging fruit. Same thing with the referees. I, I, it's funny you mentioned the conspiracy theories because people got to people gotta pick and choose. They want to pick and choose which conspiracy theories they want to run with because all year 
it's also been the Super Bowl logo conspiracy theory of uh, the colors and everybody right. had made out made their mind and it was going to be the Ravens and the Niners. In the Niners Super Bowl. Yep. And clearly that's not happening. So are we so that conspiracy theory was debunked. So now that are we going to say that this one is right? I just it's I go to the players. Like you said, I, I, I go to the players. They're the ones that control what happens on the field. Referees aren't perfect. You know that going into the game. We ne- what game have we come out of where we're like, man, the refereeing was fantastic? Like, come on, let, let's be real. You you can always blame the refs. That that's too convenient for me. No, I'm not. I'm not going to take the easy route. Um, neither are the players. I haven't heard a single player reference referees uh, to this point. So I can tell you, they're not of that mindset. They understand. They had they they're there despite all the mistakes that the Ravens made all day. They lost by seven points. Yeah, um, and they were by far, you know, they, by far they didn't look like themselves the way that they had looked all year, and still had a chance to win that game. So no, I'm not buying into this notion that it was the referees trying to steal the game from them. It's it's a, honestly I don't remember too many egregious calls. Now, I know TV gives people angles that I don't get in the press box. Um, So they may have seen more missed calls than maybe I did. I saw people complaining about the Odell Beckham one down the field. It's so funny. Every time I watch that clip on social media, yeah, I'll give it to people. You, you, You may see Odell's arm kind of being grabbed a little bit, but at the same time, the football is not even in the frame. I don't even see the ball anywhere. So it tells, and, and watching that play live, that wasn't even a catchable ball to me. So I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. We, we hate when everybody else gets the bailout calls down the field. You can't want it when it's convenient for you. So um, other than that, we mentioned the Travis Jones win. I mean, he completely clotheslines them. It's, it's tough to not call that one. Um, the uh, Jadavion Clowney one, it took me a couple angles before I realized what they saw, but that was helmet to helmet. I don't know if people saw that, but Jadavion leads with his helmet. He literally hits the bottom of Patrick Mahomes' face mask. You see his chin go right up. So I didn't have an issue with that one. Like I said, I didn't have an issue with the Zay, uh, the, the Zay penalty standing over him flexing. I mean, that, that's tough for them to ignore. I ain't gonna lie. I do think it's the, it's the AFC championship game. I do think that that's a little ticky tacky, but look, I mean, we know that the NFL has been trying to crack down on those types. They have been getting into it all game. So in their right. mind, they're probably like, we got, you know, we got to try to control it. Cause once you start letting people stand over people and flex now, it's like, it's all right. It's, it's right. All, you know, it can get all, dangerous. All it's going to break loose. Yeah, it could get dangerous. So that was probably their way of trying to say, y'all, look, y'all need to chill out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because now you're hurting your team or whatever. So um, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, don't, I do think it was ticky-tacky, but I understand your logic behind it. And it, it does make sense. I just want people to understand that, um, you know, regardless of what you feel about it and how you feel about referees, because I have my own opinions about referees, I do not think that that is why they lost right. that game yesterday. That is not why they lost that game yesterday. They lost the game yesterday because they did not decide to do what they did best and did everything against their will to try to win a game against a team who came in as advertised, did exactly what they've done all year long, and found it, and because of their continuity and consistency, uh-huh. they won the football game. It's that simple. Um, it's funny because we had the same conversation, and not you and I specifically, but just generally in, in this fan base 
um, about 2019 in terms of like what we saw in that playoff game and everybody wanted Greg Roman to be fired. Well, Greg Roman was not here. Uh And yet you saw the same thing. So the question remains, Cordell, who are the, who's the continuity here between 2019 and 2023? Who is the common denominator? There's two people. Mm -hmm. John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, the head coach, Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. So, Y'all got to start looking at the people that were there. And, and why do y'all think that they look so eerily similar? It, 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 it ain't, it, everything wasn't Greg Roman's fault is all I'm sitting here saying. And maybe, maybe someone is not, when they, when they see what we see, John Harbaugh, because he knew that they weren't running the ball. He acknowledged that they uh-huh. weren't running the ball and said that they needed to run the ball more. Maybe. Someone needs to step in and say, okay, this is enough. Y'all need to do what y'all been doing to get here. Because I'm not seeing that. Right. Now, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. But if it didn't happen, somebody didn't listen, which is another problem within <laughs> itself. But yes. somebody needed to put their foot down and get back to basics. And they chose not to do that. I, I and, and definitely Greg Roman is not all to blame for this. I mean, I don't, anybody that feels that way. I don't, I don't even know what to tell them. It's never a one person situation. They did a lot of good things with Greg Roman. They just tapped out, you know, they, 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 they maxed out what they could do with Greg Roman. Um, I will say that I do think they took a step forward. I mean, look, you get to the AFC championship game. It hurts to lose this game. And, and everybody wants to find like the reasonings why, and, Harbs has to be held accountable as, as well, just like Lamar. You know, we 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 spoke on Lamar as well. Um, I I would just I just like to mention like it is the AFC Championship game. Like it's not a failure. And my I get it. You're the one seed again. You're at home. It's set up for you to win. You're the better team. You're like yes, it's set up for you to win. No question. But you do got to be careful about like. One and not, I'm not specifically talking to you, I'm just saying people because I've heard people go way further than what the things you just said, uh, just now in terms of what they want to see changing. You just got to be careful about making these emotional, drastic changes because of the magnitude of the game that you lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's still the AFC championship game, it's been teams that have lost this game and have found a way to get. I mean, what if the Niners get a, go away, have went away from Shanahan? Now, look, he could go lose the Super Bowl. Is that grounds to fire Kyle Shanahan? I mean, he's he's done it already, you know, he's already I mean, lost. Two he has, he my <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you got to know it, it's no guarantee that anybody you bring in is going to get you further than Kyle Shanahan. Same thing here, it's no guarantee that whoever you bring in is going to be able to replicate with Harbs. I think people have this idea that because Harbs got them this far, whoever they were to go get to replace him would be able to get here and further. It don't work like that. It don't work like that. The, the, the possibility of regression is real. So yep. you, you gotta, everybody's gotta kind of first take some time because the wound is still fresh. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be yep. a lot of emotional thoughts. It's a big game to lose. Um, but understand that 
just because you lost doesn't always mean that drastic changes have to happen. Changes need to happen, no doubt about it. I don't know if it means changing the head coach. Obviously not changing your quarterback. He's locked in regardless of how people feel. But, yeah, I I, I just think you you got to um, understand that it's not always something major that you need to be changed. You just need to fine-tune things. And the, the Chiefs, by everybody else's account, has gotten worse over the years, yet here they are. Going yep. to the Super Bowl is is not always as easy as it looks. Is my point? Yeah, I, I agree with that. So um, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I I definitely think that there'll be more conversations about John Harbaugh and what his future oh, yeah. should be, what his future oh, yeah. will be because of what happens. Um, there's also situations of uh, currently there's only two head coaching positions available: the Commanders and the Seahawks. And it looks like both co- coordinators may be staying in Baltimore. So there's a conversation for that as well. But um, just breathe, y'all. Breathe. Okay? Breathe. And hell, I immediately was at peace with this, Cordell. Because if they are at peace with the, the decisions that they made in terms of how they wanted to run that office, then I'm at peace with the outcome. Because clearly you were at peace with it when you made those decisions. So I can't be upset if y'all didn't see the the writing on the wall. So, you know, y'all just got to just find a way to make peace with what happened and hope that next year they'll find a way to get over the hump. That's the thing that I think that's frustrating the most is that these opportunities are very hard to come by, um, especially in the AFC with Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid. And so when you have those opportunities and you squander them simply because you want to be somebody you're not, I think that that's the most frustrating thing. It would have been one thing if the Chiefs just flat out beat the Ravens and at something that they were doing that they've done all year. I don't think anybody would be really upset, but to know that the team that you watched all year was not the team that you saw on Sunday's game, I think is what upsets people the most. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to find some solace in that. They thought that what they were doing was the right thing, and obviously it wasn't. So maybe they learned a lesson that they can utilize in the future. And the, If that happens, we'll see. And the realization is this team is going to look totally different going forward. You're going to lose some key players. Um, and like you said, you don't know when, when or if you'll ever – get back to this point. So you, you definitely, you know, are hurt when you lose this game because all signs would point to like this was truly their year. They they had beaten everybody that there was to beat. They were the best team in football all year. You get home field advantage against Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. It's not set up more than it was for you this year. I don't know if they'll have it like that again. So yeah. it is unfortunate that this opportunity has now gone wasted. Um, but now you just got, you got, you got a good young core. You've got a base, you know, to the team. Um, you just got to find a way to continue to fine tune this thing. And hopefully like the experience of 2019, help them get to the AFC championship game. Hopefully the experience of losing this game. And like you've been saying, them not looking like themselves, them going against the grain, going against what's worked for them all year. Hopefully they kind of bottle that and take that experience. And if they are here again next year or wherever, you know, they're able to kind of go back to this game and and realize, stay true to who I am, because that's what's got me here. Completely agree. So uh, hopefully y'all can find a way to uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard because, you know, I think that people have Mahomes fatigue. 
-hmm. I think that people have 49ers fatigue. But ultimately, it should still be a good game, unfortunately, even though the Ravens are not going to be in Las Vegas representing the AFC. So we want to thank you all for listening. Hopefully, this podcast was therapeutic. It was for me to get it out right. <laughs> anyway and say what I had to say. But we hope that our listening kind of makes you feel a little bit better because we've been saying some of the things that all of you have been feeling. And uh, tune in to the next episode. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.